guys, I've got a bit of new new technology now. I've got a, a bank of green lights behind me uh, that tell me as we're going uh, live onto the various um, social media feeds. But it's bizarre how it takes a little bit of time to uh, to kick on. I woke up this morning, 1st of April. Um, it's snow. Um, and there's some some of my friends are going skiing in uh, in Europe tomorrow and they're regretting. Uh, they wish they stayed in Europe because they could have gone snowing in, in Sudbury. Um, Jack, have you ever been snow, uh, skiing? You look like a skier. I have been skiing. I haven't actually been this year. I haven't been for several years, actually, which is a pity, really. I, I kind of miss it. Interestingly, I was talking to an apple grower uh, earlier this week, and statistically, it's now more likely to snow at Easter than it is at Christmas. How's that for a fact? There you wow. go. Wow. I am and, so and, sharing that. And, and, and Dan, are you a skier? No, but I did get freezing cold walking the dog this morning. Does that count? <laughs> and I almost fell over. So I'm halfway there. I, I could just see, I, Jack, I could just see Dan on the slopes uh, shouting, speed is my friend, get out of the no, way. No, no nightmare, that... nightmare. The, 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 the worst people you want to come across is skiers who are out of control. Yeah. I, I love that bit. I love that bit. I don't know if you've ever seen the YouTube video and all these ski resorts when the when the thaw inevitably comes in um, and at the base of the slopes, what do they find? Hundreds of uh, um, solo skis where the mm. beginners have lost a ski and it's gone the kilometre down down the down the slope and yeah, buried itself in the snow. Um, and then, then they get their deposits back. Right. We've got a whole bunch of green lights. My name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. We are live with the hugely impressive uh, Veg Power, the hugely impressive um, um, uh, Dan Parker, CEO, and the hugely impressive Jack Ward from British Growers. Oh, who should we go for first? Let, let Jack, let's go for you first. Say hello to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to be back, Max. Um, yeah, lovely to be back on Beanstalk again. Excellent. And, and Dan, how is Sunny Brighton? Uh, freezing cold and covered in snow. Well, not quite, but let's hope for the weekend, eh? Excellent. We'll go, go skating on the on the sea. So, um, everyone, uh, we're now live on LinkedIn, live on Facebook, live on uh, Twitter, live on YouTube, and live on our on our podcast. Uh, we're a great supporter of Veg Power uh, and also um, British Growers because uh, Veg Power they're making the difference. They're going to they are uh, increasing the consumption of veg um, and other fresh fresh produce within the UK. So, anything that myself and our network can do to help Dan. And by association, um, Jack and uh, all of his uh, his members were more than happy to do. This is going to be a short, pithy broadcast around the subject of gaining a better understanding of the veg consumer. So, Dan, let's just hand it over to you, if you can do, especially for our um, international viewers. Can you just give a bit of an understanding as to veg power, how it was set up, where you are today and where you're looking to go? Dan, over to you, please. Thanks. Well, we are a, a not-for-profit industry funded alliance whose purpose in life is to get everybody eating more vegetables and uh, our core funding comes from this great alliance of growers and grocers and seed companies and others who are sort of you know want to see the horticulture sector uh, grow and want to improve public health uh, our flagship is run a campaign called eat and defeat them which is actually the final day of this year's campaign is today the first of oh. april um the exciting thing, thing for us is this campaign this year, not only would you get four million pounds worth of TV advertising, but we have a schools program that a million children have taken part in. That means they got reward charts, sticker packs, activities in school, over a million kids have taken part, which is just an you know, incredibly exciting landmark for us. We've also just um, finished econometric analysis that shows that over the first three years of this campaign, we generated an extra 92 million pounds directly in vegetable sales for the sector. Now we're wow. issuing a full econometric analysis report within the next week 
because people go, okay, yeah, sure, prove it. How do you know that was you who generated those sales? Well, we've got some serious data nerds who worked on this. We get all the data donated kindly by RRI, and we're going to publish that next week to show that uh, you know veg power really is generating extra sales for the sector and uh, and getting more veg into kids' mouths. Dan, I need to applaud you. Uh, I'm always staggered, amazed how, to use your expression, how you're, you're able to blag four million pounds worth of uh, free TV advertising. That's such a competitive area, sector. And, and for you and your team to uh, be able to ingratiate yourself with that, that wacky world of media and get that. And Jack, 92 million pounds worth of sales on, on the, um, on, on, in, the, in the respect of British goers. You, you must be so proud of what Dan and VegPower have created, have done. Yeah, indeed. It's done a fantastic job. I should um, declare a slight conflict of interest or an interest because I also sit on the board of VegPower, um, which is you know, a great privilege to see Dan and his team at work because they have done a phenomenal job. I think what's really important here is that we've now got an organisation that is looking very seriously at how we promote um, the consumption of vegetables, how we increase sales. And as Dan will go on to explain, um, you know, some serious science behind what's, what we're doing and how to do it better in the future. Well done. Um, so, Dad, you, you've won. You succeeded. That's it. Job done. Uh, do you go home? Well, um, if we are brutally honest with ourselves, £92 million is a lot of money to you or me, uh, but it's not a great deal of money in the grand scheme of the sector. Um, Although you know we, the estimate that, that trans, then translates into an additional billion children's portions, it's still actually no more than sort of one extra portion per week per child, and we need to be thinking in terms of at least one extra portion per day per child. So we have a very very long way to go. What I think is important for us as an organisation in our first three years is we have we've established a foundation that we can build. And I believe we've earned the trust of the industry. We've got some fantastic supporters in government and business and media and celebrities. We've got a network, we've got infrastructure, we've got a great team. So I think we have, I think I would conclude that what we have done is we've earned the opportunity to give this a real go. And a real go is what happens next. So we have to turn up the dial several notches if we're really gonna make significant change. And the next, you know, we're considering ourselves at the moment at the end of a chapter. And the next chapter for us is to turn the whole scale of what we do up a whole notch. Jack. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's really interesting. I think, um, you know, it'd be interesting to get Dan to speak a little bit more about the um, their thoughts on segmentation of the market and how they've gone about that. And then, you know, specifically how we set about um, thinking about what we need to do in terms of encouraging those different segments of the market to uh, you know, purchase more veg for, for a wide collection of reasons, really. Yeah. Okay, and just before we get onto that, I'm going to follow my sword. I remember going to a uh, FPC event, I think it was at Coventry, um, and Dan, when VegPower was first announced, and it was announced that you'd, uh, you gained some three, four million pounds worth of TV advertising um, at, at that stage. And there was, a, there, was a, there was a lot of applauding in the audience, but I thought this is never going to get anywhere. Look at where you are now, three, four years. And I know you're on a, on a long road, but I think you and your team need to be congratulated on the success that you've done with barely anything. 
but but if it, but but now we need to collaborate with you even more so we need to partner with you even more so can we so dan i know you're not modest like, like real jack but i think we need to get uh, more collaboration we need to get even more supporters you've got some amazing names that have joined you in the in the last three months but can you just put out a housing call for more companies to come and hold your hand to take you through to the next level dan well i mean there's an important thing that we're doing i think which is two things is one is we need to there's lots of opportunity for category growth and that's something we need to think about and it's, it's quite hard to think about category growth at this particular moment in time when you know the moroccans have switched off the tomato supply the the fuel costs are through the roof it's hard to put vegetables into the stores at a profit these kind of things but really if we think in terms of bigger picture we have got to grow the category that's an important thing to do the other thing is important to do is if we want to fundamentally increase the perception people have in terms of value of their veg. We've got to make people love their veg and value their veg. And when we start to see that, we're going to start to see that ripple through the retail experience, through the relationship with growers, and we can look for a much healthier industry than we've got in horticulture today. And I think that's the important part is, 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 is growth, yes, but also perceived value is very, very important. We need to, to do that. We need as much support as we can get from the industry. Um, you know, it, anybody who's listening whose business success is pegged to increased vegetable sales then i think we're probably the only people who are really doing that at decent scale at the moment and we yep. need all the support we can get yeah but it, and it feels like you're just brushing the the the, the surface of that so jack i'm guessing you you concur you'd love your membership to to get even more involved with veg power yeah i think you know it's as you say, um, it started from very humble beginnings. And I too was at that meeting at Coventry and one or two other meetings where Dan very kindly came and spoke and explained what they were doing and also received a round of applause. And that's sort of almost unheard of. In our yes. um, and so, yeah, they have done a fantastic job, um, but uh, more resources are always useful. Um, yeah. You know, I know because I sit on the board, um, it is a constant try and get enough resources to do everything that we want to do as a board. Um, so if there's anybody out there who wants to come and join uh, and can find a little bit of uh, financial support, um, you know, that would be uh, very much appreciated. Excellent. The, the last got a round of applause when, was when he left home with his parents on the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, the other thing that, that is, um, because we've raised our profile quite highly, we are to some extent have considerably more opportunity than we have the means to deliver on this point inside so there's an ambition for me generally but i think an ambition we can deliver on this year to bring a major cartoon kids franchise behind vegetables uh, because i think that's an important thing for us to do and i'm talking as big as you can think it might be i actually have three who want to work with us all of which are massive household names biggest in the industry players now, how, because we're effectively a, a, a full-time team of four, but most other people are part-time. Getting deals over the line and delivering deals over the line with organisations like that are massive, massive great undertakings. And we have to find a way to do it. And we frankly just need more resources to make that happen. The potential, you know, the, the, we are overwhelmed with opportunity. Uh, and at the moment, we have to be very, very selective because we just don't have the people to deliver. Got it. Okay. So the... the so Dan, the future's bright. We need to collaborate with you, but you're, well, just look at the success that you've created in the, in the last uh, three, three, four years. So just, we need to collaborate with you ongoing. Okay, so we've, we've got that and we'll spread that message uh, on our um, Beanstalk platforms um, ongoing. 
Let's get down to the nuts and bolts of the of the broadcast today. Dan, over to you as, as per the request of Jack, just extrapolate it a little bit more as to as, as to the message that we want to get out today, please. Well, I think the question we are all always going to be asking ourselves is how can we get people to eat more vegetables, right? And this is something we study and we get, get given loads of data to help us analyze that. We've had, another, we've had another look at another angle and we started off by looking at the obvious place to go, which is what is the obvious reason why people should eat vegetables? Because they're good for you, right? And that sits at the heart of 90% of the communication you'll ever see around vegetables is eat more vegetables because they're good for you five a day, et cetera, et cetera. So we had, the first thing we did, we had a look at that. And the look, cutting on lots of different independent surveys and doing some ourselves, we can see that 90% of people know that they should eat five a day. It's pretty much universally known. But actually, truth is about 27, 28% of people, depending on the survey you follow, claim they eat five a day, which is probably different from the ones who actually do. It's probably higher than the ones who actually do. But if asked, 27% claim they do. So we've got this massive great gap of people who are not. They know they should but they don't. And we've just had the biggest health scare that hopefully any of us will see during our lifetimes at a population global scale. And yet what we saw was we saw a bump for veg during the pandemic, but that bump is leveling out very, very quickly as life returns to normal. And I suspect that uh, the first half of this year won't look totally that much different to the first half of 2019. So clearly the health thing doesn't work. And the reason the psychology behind this is this, is if you say to me, um, yeah, Dan, you should do more exercise, right? Now, I know I should do more exercise. And like most people, I know I should do more exercise. And I know the benefits of it. So the question isn't why I should do more exercise. The question is why I don't do more exercise. And the same applies with vegetables. The question we need to ask ourselves with vegetables is not why should people eat vegetables, but why they don't eat more vegetables. And if we look at those things, we start to unearth the real, real issues. Now to dig deep into that, um, what really surprised me, my background is in, in marketing FMCG and grocery. And in all the sectors I've worked in, there is a strong bed of market intelligence and highly advanced modeling around what the market looks like, what different drivers in the market. And I spent most of the last three or four years waiting to find that information and insight within the horticultural sector, because so surely somebody had done this, but it just doesn't exist. The work has never been done. Primarily because there's nobody who's really in a position to pay for it, right? Because in the world of chocolate biscuits, there are two or three companies who can quite happily go and spend a quarter of a million pounds on a report. But in the world of horticulture, there really isn't. Um, so, what, so that's part of what we've taken on as, as what we do uh, for the industry and for our members. And what we did in this latest piece of work is we looked at lots of different research and done some research of our own to find out people's motivations and to try and segment them into different audience groups. And we've had a first stab at it. And these things, the thing about trying to segment audiences, and I'm sure you've sort of seen that, you know, they normally kind of give these things cute names to define sort of different kinds of consumers. It's not an exact science, but it doesn't really need to be an exact science because whether it's 22% or 25% or 26% fit within a particular category it doesn't really matter. What really matters is to understand the different groups and their motivations and how you might change their behavior in the way that you would like to change their behavior. Does that make sense? Totally. Right, so we, 
uh, what our analysis has done, and I'm not going to bore you with all tons of data and, and things that nature got us at this point. We just took lots and lots of third party work and we tried to amalgamate it together to draw a picture. And the picture we've done, which I guess is sort of be version one of trying to understand our market that we want people to hammer at and find the holes in so we can improve it and learn. So the first sector we end up with is what we call the attentive adopters. And we love these guys. These are the ones who religiously eat five or more portions of fruit and vegetables every single day. They're totally committed. They're absolutely in. They just love their product. And we think it's about 12 and a half percent of British consumers fall within that bracket of actually solidly five a day. Because then next to them is this next group that we've called the fitful fivers. Now, I think we could probably relate to this group quite easily. These are people who totally have signed up to the idea of a healthy diet and five a day. And usually they do a pretty good job, but sometimes life just gets in the way. Right. And that might be life got in the way today because I had a bad day at work. It might be that life got in the way this year because I had a really bad year and my diet has slipped and all my good intentions in life have fallen to pieces. Right? And I think most of us can relate to that. I've got a cat joining me for the meeting. That's <laughs> in true internet tradition. I think next time we all go to conferences, everybody will have to bring their pet or their child yeah. along. Otherwise, it just won't feel right, right? <laughs> um, they, um, hello, this cat, come on. Say hello. <laughs> So those fitful fibers, if we look, if we look at them and say, well, okay, because obviously the attentive adopters who are religiously at their five day, we love them to pieces, but we don't want to change their behavior. Their behavior is absolutely spot on. Right? If we look at the attentive adopters and we think about our own lives, why, when we fail in that gap between our intention and our actual behavior, why is it? And it's usually because life is hard, things are difficult, and actually what we want above all else is probably convenience. Right. Because you've had a bad day at work, you don't particularly feel like going to the effort of cooking a, a, a healthy meal, so you might order up a takeaway. That is all about ease and convenience. And if we want to help that group to be um, more frequently five a day, we need to make things as easy as possible for them to do that. Right. If we then look towards the middle and i'm sure i don't know about you guys but if i think about the various things that i do that are unhealthy i would think the fitful fiber things is you know if you have a bad week at work you probably treat yourself to something nice that's how we kind of our minds think isn't it right. now this is where now then it starts to get really really interesting and we tried to look at there are sort of two groups in the middle that have good intention for change. You probably have fairly poor vegetable consumption patterns now, but have motivation to change. They may not necessarily made any change yet, but they're thinking about change. And they would split broadly into two groups, which would be those who've got a health motivation. Now, the interesting thing about health motivation is if you go out to the street and you say to people, are you thinking about changing your diet to improve your health? About 60% of people will say yes, right? But depending on, you know, there are surveys all float around that kind of number. But there's, again, this thing that they call the intention behavior cap is that 60% of people will say yes, but they, it'll be, I'll do it next month or I'll do it after yeah, Easter yeah, or I'll yeah. do it, whatever it is. And they don't get around doing it, right? So we call this, as a, we call them hesitantly healthy. This is people who are motivated, a bit more strongly motivated to make a change, but haven't yet, 
but are doing so for reasons of health. And it wouldn't surprise you to discover this is mostly older people, people, okay. you know, I don't know about you, I'm 53. By the time you get to that sort of age, you've probably had a meeting with your doctor that you didn't particularly enjoy, where you got read the Riot Act. Um, right, you've probably had a few holiday photos where you've gone, oh, blimey, look at the state of me, right? And so this group who are sitting there in middle-aged are motivated to improve their vegetable consumption for reasons of health. And we think that's actually about 12.5% of the UK population. Now, an equal size, but very, very different demographic is uh, a group we call ethically engaged. And that's particularly the youngsters who are interested in improving their diets for reasons of sustainability. They're the type of people who are embracing plant-based lifestyles and uh, veganuary and all these kinds of things. And we think, again, that's about 12.5% of the population who who are inclined to change their diet, but haven't yet for reasons of health. And then finally is this fifth group, right? So we've got the veg lovers, the usually goods, the healthy, the ethical, and then we've got the largest group, which is about 40% of people who in truth have a terrible diet and in truth are actually not doing anything to change that. If you ask them, they say they would, but they're not really doing anything to change that. And there are people who often face huge great challenges are very very complex which might be about money it might be about convenience it might be about skills it might be just that they just are not that interested um and that obviously is the area of critical health so that's kind of how we're breaking it up into those five groups now i don't know whether you see you know from your own observations let me ask i'm going to ask both of you a question actually would you both consider yourself to be attentive adopters i.e religiously five a day or a bit more fitful, or something else. What would you, Max, where do you think you're sitting on that one? Yeah, so, so I joined the gym at the top of the year, um, and uh, I haven't been to the gym in the, in the whole of the month of March, but I am um, looking to, I no, no, I am eating better, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm failing on, on that, that, that exercise side, but I do feel that, that I'm, I'm, I'm eating better. Jack, help me. Yeah, I'm in the fit for five um, fivers. Um, I, I sat down and had a look at it this morning um, and asked myself, where did I think I was? And I think I, I probably just squeeze into the fit for fivers. Boom. Fair enough. There you go. And, you know, you're the boss of British growers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think actually, Dan, 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 let me chip in, because I think, you know, uh, I sat there and I thought, oh, that's a bit disappointing. <laughs> and, and, you know, I absolutely identify with all of the things is, um, you know, it is around convenience, um, you know, and how do you squeeze all these vegetables in, in a busy life when, you know, sometimes, I mean, this morning is a classic example. I mean, quite often I'll have a grapefruit for breakfast, but it was quite cold this morning. I've been out and walked the dogs and I had porridge instead. So, I couldn't eat both porridge and the grapefruit. So I missed out on one of my, um, you know, five a day. So it's, you know, it's very, very easy to do, isn't it? It, it really is. Yeah. It really is. The, because I mean, the question that spins off the back, isn't it? You say, well, okay, so what, right? Um, what could we do to change that? And I think the, the first part is to recognize. So what do, what do we see with all these groups? We're talking about the fitful fibers, convenience is often an important motivator. Right. And then there are things that are beyond our, you know, if somebody has a truly terrible day at work, that's not something we have the power to change. Right. We look at those who are motivated by health, motivated by seasonality, and those who are not motivated at all. But again, when we talk to them, you know, I've done a lot of focus groups with uh, parents in lower income communities over the last six weeks. And 
you hear things about, you know, I'm very stressed about time. I'm concerned about waste. I'm concerned about friction around the dinner table. You know, these sort of things start to come through. So we, we, you know, we're kind of the view that when it comes to that ethically engaged group, that 12 and a half percent, what we need to be talking to them about is seasonality. They're very motivated by the planet. Seasonality is the sector's answer to that, that question. And so we can talk about buying British veg or buying veg when they're best in season and trying to eat more seasonally is a good response to that particular reasonably small group. 12.5% is a lot of consumers and there are an awful lot of people in that sort of uh, very important 80, 18 to 35 uh, sort of, you know, becoming parents, starting families type stage of life. For everybody else, convenience becomes just so important. Now, how can we respond to that? The, the answer that we're doing a couple of things to respond to that. So uh, this is our big new project. Look up at the post chart, especially this morning in <laughs> prime sight view there, Max. Um, this is Simply Veg. And the idea of Simply Veg is, um, you know, we have eaten to defeat them with all those kids taking part. The kids get really, really excited and they go home going, mommy, 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 I tried broccoli at school today. And what we've not really done very well yet is then support those parents wow. and carers okay. in saying, well, okay, how do you turn that into lasting change? Simply Veg yeah. is all about making it as easy as possible for parents or anyone to get more veg into their diet. It's all the tips and the tricks and the things you can do to just, because people don't want a 45 minute recipe on a Tuesday night. They want a yeah. 90 second way to make their beans a bit more interesting. Yeah, okay. So, so are, we, are we indicating that there's a, 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 well, a secondary project uh, com coming out being simply veg that we, we need to be aware of and we need to promote? Yeah, so this is just, we've just launched this. So we have, you know, if you like, this is our third pillar. So our first is Eat and Defeat Them, which is now four years old. Our second is all our work around seasonality, which is now two years old and growing quite quickly. And then the third is Simply Veg. We've got this lovely new poster. Look at this, isn't it beautiful? Yeah. Right? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, we are looking, we've, we've just started this. We've already had 6,000 parents sign up to it. <laughs> Obviously it's free and they get emails and there'll be a website and various other things that we've got planned going on. And uh, what we want to try and do next is we want to get a smaller version of this poster in every doctor's surgery, every healthy weight centre, every gym, Excellent. every school, every NHS waiting room, every dentist waiting room. We can get, the, you know, people are interested in sticking this kind of thing up because everybody supports it. So one of the things that anybody who's listening can help with, if you think you can get some of these posters up in your community, get in touch, even if it's just like 10 in your local doctor's surgeries. Yeah. If we, we, we think there's a potential to get thousands of these, you know, we have four and a half thousand schools we work with, but if we can get all the doctor's surgeries as well, I and mean, that's thousands and thousands, we would like to see thousands of these posters up, uh, just telling it, reminding everybody about veg, bringing these really nice positive images and trying to get them to sign up. Uh, because if we can get a significant amount of people on this, then it becomes a communication channel that allows us to communicate many different Brilliant. things over the years to come. And, and Dan, here come the questions. Um, uh, lovely, loving the Simply Veg uh, new campaign. Is it live now? If I contact Veg Power, can I get posters in the short term or is it coming in later this year? Uh, it's coming within the month. The posters are being designed, as you can see. I just haven't yeah. printed yeah. them yet and I haven't quite figured out my fulfillment logistics, but that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably going to press the button properly around the beginning of May, but get in touch now.
Yep. Okay. Now the second thing, and this is actually something we're doing, which I didn't know it was quite specifically for Jack, but this is going to help Jack away from that porridge. Okay? Is that we're starting something again in about four weeks' time? It's a little campaign called Breakfast in Color. And really? yeah, it's a cute name, isn't it? Breakfast in Color is about how you get vegetables into your breakfast because this is where you're right, Jack. It's five a day. It's quite, you know, you sit there and think, mm -hmm. well, okay, mm -hmm. if I'm going to do two for dinner. I've got three more to find during the day. One at lunchtime, bit of fruit. Oh, what do I do now? Breakfast in Colour is all about vegetable omelettes, vegetables on toast. It's all quick, simple, five-minute ideas that you can do to um, kick your day off with a not only a healthier start of the day, a start of the day that's likely to set you up with more energy for the rest of the day, and also help you notch off one or two of your portions um first thing in the morning i think it's particularly appealing to people who may be working from home maybe got a little bit more time uh, i've had a delicious mushroom and spinach omelet for my breakfast this morning two portions done already and it's not even half past 10 right we want to encourage more of that kind of behavior again the convenience things come through let's show people really really easy ways to get a portion or two of edge inside them before they've even, well, I don't leave the house, I don't know about you guys, <laughs> before they've even stepped outside, right? So, so we, we, we're, we're basically launching uh, two new initiatives for Veg Pat, Simply Veg and Breakfast in Colour. Yeah, so this one is a biggie. This is yeah. going to be a big, big theme for the next few years for us, encompassing lots and lots of different projects. Breakfast in Colour is uh, a, a much smaller little campaign for May, a little tactical campaign. We'll get a bunch of influencers on board. We'll create some buzz on social media um, and we'll just start to introduce the idea that actually vegetables exist at breakfast. Which for most people, they go, what? Yeah, vegetables for breakfast? And that's something that is a huge growth opportunity, particularly if you think about sort of mushrooms courgettes asparagus tomatoes just so much opportunity to grow their products uh overall unit sales by getting into breakfast jack what do you think breakfast and color simply veg is that is dan going to knock it out of the park again yeah i'm you know all of these things hopefully are going to make a difference i mean interestingly in preparation for this meeting and after reading dan's report I did spend a little bit of time wandering around our local retailer, just having a look at how we market vegetables at the moment. And they do a fantastic job in terms of availability. There's an amazing spread of vegetables, but actually in terms of increasing people's understanding about vegetables, I think we could just do a better job. And I'll just scribble down an example here. So, you know, if you don't know a huge amount about vegetables and you go into your local retailer, there's kale, there's spring greens, there's cabbage, there's calabonero. And you think, well, what's the difference between all of these different things? You know, mm. at what point, you know, when do I eat spring greens? When do I eat cabbage? When do I eat kale? How do I cook them? What are the benefits? But actually there's nothing um, and, and along those lines to inform um, consumers about the benefits of vegetables or how you cook them, how you prepare them. You know, basically we just make them available and expect yeah, everybody to know exactly what to do with them. And yeah. I think what Dan is saying is actually there are lots of people out there who don't know what to do with the vegetables, yeah. but are we making it easy for people to make those informed choices? We do a fantastic job on availability, but in terms of information, I think we could do better. Yeah, and that's over to Dan. Dan, well done. 
Well, we'll try. I'll tell you about another initiative we have going on as well. We're very, very busy over here, Max. Um, one of the things that we are just beginning now is we're going to make a series of very short videos about each vegetable, showing, um, um, think of it as kind of fast-paced, high-tempo, 15 gorgeous-looking things you can do with a butternut squash uh, that is supposed to make people go, wow, you know, do you remember uh, the uh, the Marks and Spencer's adverts were going, this is not just this, you know, because it was just like food porn, basically. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're talking about, you know, 45 seconds of high tempo. Oh my God, courgettes are so exciting. Yeah. And we're going to be making those. We're, we're, we're reaching out to the sector moment to get different people to help us sponsor different yeah. ones. And we've had really good response from the industry. Yeah. And I think around May-ish, we should start releasing those. We're going to get them out on TikTok and all the social media channels, talk to the younger guys. They've only got the attention span of 26 and a half seconds anyway. Yeah. So let's make sure that we're creating content. And we, it's like, you know, it, these videos are going to make you drool. Yeah, well, well done. And I always pull in my, my Gordon Ramsay example because I can't get my head around it that when he posts a video of him doing a stir fry that even I can do, it gets seven and a half million views in, in three weeks. Um, but I think it's because we're so attuned now to, to, to watching food being made. So if you can make it, I don't say the word sexy, Max, um, exciting and thrilling uh, for a younger generation or, or uh, folk like myself and Jack to get, oh my crikey, we could, we could, we could do that for, for breakfast in, in, in colour. Uh, that's going to be very, very, very exciting. Very much looking forward to, to seeing those videos. And we'd love to, uh, to post them up our end as well, please, Dan. No, this time in a couple of months, Jack's going to come in from his freezing cold walk because no doubt the cold spell will go, <laughs> go on forever now that energy prices have gone through the roof. Uh, I want him to come in and go, you know what I could do with something a bit warming? I'll cook myself up a tomato soup or something like that. We'll get you there, Jack. Yeah. yeah. Jens, well, well done. So, so I, I feel like I'm always congratulating Dan, but I think it, it, you, Dan and your team, it goes without saying, your, your, your fantastic team, what you've achieved to date with, with VegPower is, is amazing. And But it just feels like you're, you're on the cusp of something um, even, even bigger. And I I love the fact that you you're, you're not siloed in our sector. Our sector is fantastic, but you you're, you're bringing in the, the likes of these media houses and oh the, the fact that your adverts are dropping in um, in some major TV shows in between some major TV shows and, and ITV just shows the scope and, and and the potential. But we've got to still help you. We've still got to collaborate with you. You still need um, partner sponsors. So you've done fantastically well in the last three months, six months to gain the additional partners that you have. But here's a halcyon call for those that are thinking. Um, about how they can uh, adopt um, a new direction on, on a marketing uh, basis. Adopt Dan and his team, because it's going to make such a difference. Um, Jack, over to you, just, just uh, before we wind up, is there anything that you want to just state, endorse about VegPower from a British growers perspective, please? Yeah, I just come back to what I said earlier. You know, it's a tremendous initiative and, you know, all power to Dan's elbow and um, his team as well, because it's been badly needed um, we've had very little in the way of um, promotion of vegetables. Uh, and at long last, something has come along. Um, and so long may it continue. And long may Dan and his team go from success to success. Excellent. And, and Dan, I guess with that saying, anything that Jack and I and all of our network can do to help, we're, we're here to help. Uh, one final question just in for WhatsApp. Dan, uh, what's your cat called? <laughs> this one's called Dash. Dash. <laughs> oh, how many have you got? Uh, two cats and a dog. And at the moment, I have nobody to take care of them when I'm going on holiday in 10 days' time. So that's a different matter. That's my next task, Max. Okay. Well, Jack is very good with animals, aren't you, Jack? 
Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> deliver a small zoo to you, Jack, in one go. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Jack is a cat one. person. <laughs> Excellent. Um, well, well done, Dan. Well, well done. You're making the sector proud. Uh, Jack uh, goes without saying. British grows. Um, we, 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 the, the sector would be where it is uh, with, without without you and your colleagues, especially with your involvement directly with with VegPower. Jack, Dan, thank you very much, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in the next broadcast with British Growers and VegPower. Lovely. Thanks, Thanks very much, Max. Thanks for having us. Bye, 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 bye.